But God, I've been here. I've been here. I've been here working. I'm out here doing exactly what you called me to do. Yet no one says thank you. No one says good job. No one says we appreciate what you're doing, bruh. What you, we appreciate what you're doing, sis. But I'm doing the work. So you're telling me my brother and sister in Christ, they come back. They went out into this world, took all of their gifts and talents, took their inheritance, asked for God to give me mine. And they went out there and just was reckless with it. And we are celebrating them for being reckless. I'm here grinding. Where's my party? I'm in here for every prayer meeting, every Bible study. I'm fasting. I'm serving. I'm doing what you call me to do. But where's mine? Where is my celebration? That was the sentiment of the older brother of the prodigal son. The older brother felt neglected. He felt upset. He was hurt. He was bothered because he remained in the kingdom and he was working in the kingdom. He was in the field doing what his father commanded him to do. But yet when his younger brother came back in, he was the one who got a party. So that frustrated him. So I wonder how many of us are the faithful ones, the dependable ones, the ones who are always there. When God gives you a command, you're like, yes, Lord, I'll do it. I, okay, God, I won't complain. I'll just serve you. I'm your servant. And then when we see a brother and sister in Christ who have come back, they've decided to rededicate their lives to Christ. And yet they are receiving a party. They're getting all the blessing. Their life is just taken off. And you're wondering, where is mine? What amazes me is what the king said to the older son. He said, but you were with me the whole time. Let's talk. Welcome back. Welcome back to episode three of season two of Conquering Me, where we discuss the joys of developing a personal relationship with Christ. I am Jennifer Jefferson, and I am so glad to be here talking to you about the word of God and also ways for us to grow and mature in Christ. That is the only way for us to grow and mature is through Christ, through the word of God, through submitting, through enjoying this walk and understanding that's the ultimate conquering, right? It is not all these outside forces. Sometimes we get so distracted by so many other things, but it's like, God, what is going on within me? So we are having a continuation of, of will you receive or reject? And we started off last week kind of giving different points of the whole parable that Jesus spoke about the prodigal son. In uh, last week's episode, I spoke about the prodigal son and a lot of times with the prodigal son, it is solely focused on the son who left and returned, the actual prodigal son. And this passage of scriptures can be found in Luke 11. Um, excuse me, I want to um, Luke 15. 
Luke 15, 11 through 32 is the entire story. And I really, really encourage us to take time and read and reread that and really ask the Holy Spirit to open up our eyes and ears and our spirit to what God is saying and say, Lord, show me me in these scriptures. A lot of times um, I've heard from different people regarding how they study the word of God and they study the word of God from a perspective of memorization. And it is good to memorize the word of God and to know exactly what it is, what it has said, and also to know where it is found, like book, chapter, verse, right? It is good. But what is even better is for us to allow the Holy Spirit to interpret the word of God for us, because that's where the revelation comes in. And that's when we can begin to hide the word of God in our hearts so we may not sin against him. And also I can begin to see myself and have a greater relationship with Christ because I'm like, oh, God, I see it. Oh, I see this scripture in here. And I'm like, oh, now the Holy Ghost is calling out bitterness, is calling out Anger is calling out all these things. You're like, Lord, Jesus. But then you're like, okay, God, I thank you because I want to encourage someone with this right here. The Holy Ghost is saying, say this. Anytime the Lord reveals something to you that you need to cast over to God, work on or mature in, do not allow the enemy to make you feel bad about it. Like I'm just this terrible person. But thank God for the conviction of the Holy Spirit because he's giving you an opportunity to become more like him. And he's giving you an opportunity to walk more and more of freedom, right? In freedom. So I want to encourage us when the Lord reveals things to us that is not of him, this is not the time to, to, to sit here and cry. This is the time to say, Lord, forgive me. I repent and turn. Right. Turn from it. Now, if tears come with that, amen. But the whole point is, I don't want you to have a pity party. I don't want you to go in and say, oh, God, I can never get this right. Lord, help me, Jesus. No, we don't want that. We want to have a prostrate heart of thanksgiving and praise. Anytime the Holy Spirit reveals anything to us, even if it's overwhelmed, be like, oh, Lord, that's a lot. Because I know there's been multiple times where the Lord had to tell me, I was like, oh, Lord, that's a lot. Wait a minute. But I received it. Right. And it may have taken some time for me to receive. I'm not going to act like it just, I just received it immediately. But I just want to encourage someone out here. So I want to talk about the older brother and the prodigal son. Let's be real. He was hot. He was upset that his younger brother was getting praise because he decided to come back. Because what he ran out of money and then there was a famine and then he realized, uh, you know what? I'm better than this. I can go back to my father. The older brother was upset because he remained in the kingdom. He remained working. He remained doing and get this. And I'm going to reread it just to refresh our memory. And we're just going to read the parts about the older brother, because I want us to really break this down and really see if some of us to see ourselves, are we celebrating our brother and sister in Christ when they come back? Like truly, now, I'm not talking about mouth service. I'm talking about we are excited within our heart. But if you're not, I want you to ask the Lord to reveal all forms of bitterness, all forms of anger, 
all forms of envy, jealousy, whatever comes out, pride, selfishness, whatever comes out, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that. If you relate to the older brother, let's go there. Like, let's, I want you to pull back all the layers like an onion child, pull it back. And I want you to see yourself and see like, okay, you know what? My issue is not with that person. My issue is actually with God. Because I want us to understand the representation of the father in here for some of us who may not understood it. The representation is of God. When Jesus spoke in parables, we always have to find God in it first. Who is Jesus in this? And there's always a spiritual connection that always goes back to God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. So never just keep things surface on a human level. Jesus' whole point was for us to come into the fold. That's why he died for us. So I want us to go to Luke 15, and then we are going to start at um, 25. And this is the NIV version. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Now get this. Once again, what was the older son doing? He was working. He was in the field. He was doing what he was commanded to do, what he was supposed to do. Verse 26 says, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your older brother has come and your father has killed a fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. So his father, I love God. God, even when we are just being ridiculous, upset, God knows how to go after us. Through loving kindness have I drawn thee. The father, it says in here in verse 28, and his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate my with my friends. But when his son of yours but when this son, I love how they said that. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this. Your brother was dead and he is alive and he was lost and he is found. And once again, that's found in Luke 15. The older brother was upset. He was the faithful child. He was the child that was working. He was the child that stayed where God called him to. And, and some of us can relate to that. We're always at church. We're always doing what God has called us to do. Maybe we serve, we volunteer, we try our best to be a great spouse, a father, a mother, whatever the case is. Like we are really striving. We're striving, we're striving, we're striving. But yet we are wondering where is our party? If someone comes back in who has not been in the kingdom for a while, they're saved, but they walked away. And last week I gave the example of how Jesus is so wonderful that even when you walk away from him, he still calls you. And the example I gave was Peter. When Jesus returned, um, when he got up from the grave and now he has resurrected, and he came back and he said, and go get the disciples and Peter. So I want us to understand, number one, when everyone, with, whenever anyone, anyone, anyone decides to rededicate themselves and decides to recommit themselves to Christ, 
That was the Holy Spirit pulling and tugging at them. Jesus literally called them out by name and said, go get him. Go get her. And I understand it's difficult to see that because we only see the natural. We only see what they have been doing for the past years. And then you're like, wait a minute, everybody's celebrating this reckless person. So really that heart posture of the older brother was a heart posture of bitterness. I'm working and grinding, but yet I don't know how to rest. See, here's the thing. If you are so busy being the worker and the servant of God, and you don't understand how to rest and receive the blessings of God, you will become bitter. You will become exhausted. You will become frustrated and you will become overwhelmed. And then all of a sudden you're this faithful person who's in the church. You're ministering, you're doing all this stuff, but yet bitterness is there. And so this is why now that you wonder why we have so many nasty saints. That's one of the reasons. So many Christians who don't understand the concept of forgiveness because they don't know how to forgive. So many believers who don't understand the concept of grace and mercy because they don't understand grace and mercy. They don't know how to receive it for themselves. The older brother was upset of the brother. Let's just make it simple. The younger brother receiving all these blessings being celebrated because he didn't understand how to live in celebration. He didn't understand how to live in joy. He didn't understand how to live in the prosperity and the fruit of God. The Bible says those who are willing and obedient shall eat the fruit of the land. And I'm so blessed to have a pastor who is a man of God and who truly, truly hears from God. And he said this to me. He says, sis, you have to eat. And I was like, okay, praise God. Because I had to reflect. I was so busy being okay with being willing and obedient. I overlooked and I overstepped just the eating part, just receiving the blessings. Being okay with someone giving to you. Being okay. Like I will give to other people all day. And I understand that we should give. Blessed is to give than to receive. And I was like, God, I'll give, 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 give. But I'm so grateful that the Lord sent the man of God to send me this scripture to start eating. Now, if I did not receive that word, here's the truth. Whenever God gives us a word that is going to transform our lives and we decide not to receive it, please believe that those, the demons will start coming in. Bitterness, anger, frustration, you're hurt, you're easily offended. Now you're mean, you're angry. You don't know how to forgive. All of these things come in. That is the complete opposite of the fruit of the spirit. The complete opposite of the character of God. The older brother was so busy working. He forgot that he was there in the kingdom with his father. He forgot that he had immediate access to everything that his father had. So my question is to you, do you know what you have in God? Do you truly understand that you have access? I want to read these, uh, these scriptures. There's a couple of scriptures that I want to read. And one of them is when Jesus is telling the disciples, and the crowd, there was a crowd that came around Jesus and the disciples. 
And he begins to let them know that they are no longer slaves, but now friends of God. So some of us are not slaves, but we're so busy being servants. We have not transformed our minds to be a friend. And that is a different position. And that is a different mindset and a heart posture that we have to go into. So I want to read John 15 and we're going to start at verse nine. And it says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. May my command is this love each other as I have loved you. Let's stop there. Love each other as I have loved you. The older brother refused to go in and celebrate his brother's return. He immediately took a selfish stance, said, what about me? He didn't even think that, oh my goodness, my brother is finally back and he's safe. Because that's how the passage of scripture ended. Like he is, he was lost and now he's found. So when someone comes back into the fold, even if they have offended you, if they have hurt you, if you feel like they have, they have been the ones to where all of the attention has been on them. They've been, your family's been praying for them. Are you excited that they have been found? Where is the love? Because Jesus wants us to love the way that he loves. Because he said, my command in verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants. This is Jesus talking. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father. I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. So that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Some of us are not walking in love and we're not doing, we're doing the works. We're doing the works, but we have no love. There's a whole, and I, there's another passage of scriptures that talk about, you know, you prophesy, you do all these things, but without love, basically it's a whole bunch of noise. And we're doing the works, but yet we have no love, love for other people, love for our brothers, even loving our enemies and praying for our enemies and those who you know who are really attacking you. It is operate. Here's the thing to operate in love and the level that Christ has commanded us to walk in. You can only do it through Christ, period. Does not matter how much you go to church and all this type of stuff. If you have not received that principle, God, God, the only way for me to love 
And not to be in offense, not to be in bitterness, not to be in anger, not to always be frustrated, not to be hopeless. I need your love. Teach me how to love the way you love. Help me to understand through scripture your love. Lord, literally transform my heart and my mind so that I can love like you. And then here's the thing, what I love. Jesus said, I will now give you basically the cheat codes, the secrets of what my father says. Because see, a master does not confide into a slave, but because of Christ, our father, our heavenly father, God himself would give us all that we need, all the wisdom, all the knowledge and all all the understanding. But are we walking in love? See, the brother did not see his access to all that was in front of him because he was holding on to the frustration and the pain of being the faithful one. He was bitter. You are holding on to the frustration and pain of how your ex has moved on. And yet you are still here trying to recover in life. Where's the love? You see some of your classmates doing well. And you're like, they say the name of Jesus, but some of their ways are a little bit reckless. So where is the lack of love? You have to ask the Holy Spirit to examine your heart. God, where am I not loving? Where have I not understood that I am your friend? Where have, am I still in this mindset of a slave? And a slave, unfortunately, is someone that is bound. Bound. The reason why Jesus used a lot of examples of slavery is because you're talking about these were descendants of the children of Israel. We know that they were in in bondage for over 400 years. So yet they were free by the time Jesus came along, but yet the mentality of bondage was still there. What are you bound to that is keeping you from understanding that you are no longer tied to that, but because of Christ? I am now free. Not only am I free, I am a son and daughter or daughter of Christ. I have direct access. The older brother did not see his direct access. He was not appreciative of being in the kingdom. He didn't understand that, no, yes, this is my king, but yet this is my father. And I can be friends with him. I can have conversations with him. It's not just, oh, my king has commanded and then I just go in. Yes, those things are true in the body of Christ. Because Jesus is our king. He's our older brother. He gives us access. He's our friend. It's like so many things that Jesus is and so many titles that God is. But I can't be stuck in one version of who I think God is. We have to continually ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the areas where we are remaining stagnant. Because I want us to think about it like this. It's so simple. Think about it from water. When there is no filtration system and water is just sitting there, you could put a clean, a a nice filtered water in in a cup, a glass, and just let it sit there for days, months at a time. If there is nothing that is constantly filtering that, 
what happens is even though no one has poured anything in it, no one has taken anything out, it eventually becomes nasty, moldy, and disgusting. Some of us are stagnant in some areas and we think we're okay because, well, I'm not reverting. Well, the question is, do you really think you're not reverting? I want you to really examine that. I heard this preacher said a lot of times that Christians, for in order for us to truly know if we are moving backwards, watch your language. And I'm not just talking about cussing because some people just are not even cussers, even if they're not people of faith. But watch your language. At one, at one point, you used to speak a whole bunch of hope and faith and trust and love and all that type of stuff. Now, all of a sudden, you're becoming very cynical. You're losing uh, your hope. You're like, nah, it is what it is. If it happens, it happens. Well, wait a minute. What happened to that? No, I know God's going to do it. What happened to you quoting scriptures? And now you quoting your favorite lyric from a TV, a song, or whatever the case is. So when he said that, I said, you know what? That's a good place because out of the mouth, the Bible talks about the importance of our words, how our mouth, our words reflect our hearts and our minds. I want to go to Galatians 4. And we're going to start at 4 and 4. And this is Paul talking to the descendants of Abraham. And he says in, uh, uh, in verse four, and this is the passion translation. But when the time of fulfillment had come and God has sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, yet all of this was so that he would redeem and set free those held hostage to the law. So that when we would receive our freedom and a full legal adoption as his children. So this just reiterates the point of saying how Christ yet came to set us free. This is when he said, I no longer call you slaves, but I call you friend. He came to set us free. Some of us rejoice and we know Christ as the one who has set us free, set us free. But also, did we understand that now God has called us into a friendship, a kingdom mindset? There is a difference. Am I now in the kingdom mindset? And Paul says here, so that we would receive our freedom and a full legal ad adoption as his children. And so that we would know that we are his true children. God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out immediately, my father, my true father. Now we are no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we are his, we can access everything our father has. For we are heirs because of what God has done. Remember, Jesus said, because of now our relationship and now that we are friends, you can now go to God and ask anything in my name. Anything. See, when we go before our father, when the Bible says that the veil was ripped, when we go before our father, God sees Jesus' blood over us. He sees the sacrifice of Christ over us. And so when we say in the name of Jesus, there is an immediate response. Remember, God is Jesus is our intercessor sitting on the right hand of the father. So there is an immediate response to where God is like, OK, cool. I see you've been blood bought. 
I see that the blood of Christ is over you. My son is over you. So you are now mine. Jesus is our ID card. That's our scanner. That's our DNA. You know how when they say put your fingerprint on it, that's what it is, Jesus. So when we ask things in the name of Jesus, we have to switch out of, well, God, am I deserving of it? See, the son never went to the father and enjoyed the blessings of the kingdom. He was so busy serving because he was bound by frustration, bitterness, anger, all of these things. And immediately came out the moment the son who received it decided to say, I'm going to sit in this. Yeah, I know I messed up, but I'm going to sit in this. But I'm going to wear this coat. I'm going to sit down and eat this fatted calf. Immediately, that thing came out of the older brother. That's been sitting there for years because he said that I've been here with you for years. So for years, he's been frustrated. Years, he's been bitter. Years, he's, he's felt overlooked, neglected. He never understood the heart of his father. He never saw that he was in the kingdom and had access. Access to everything in the kingdom. Paul says, and because we are his, we can access everything our father has. For we are heirs because of what God has done. Before we knew God as our father, we were unwitting servants to the powers that be, which are nothing compared to God. But now that we truly know him and are intimately known by him, we would, uh, why would we for a moment consider turning back to those weak and feeble principles of religion? As those, we are still subject to them. Paul is saying, what are you doing? Don't go back. Don't go back. I love how the father in the parable went out to the son to grab, to get him. And said, come on in. I need you to understand some things. He was trying to give him some wisdom and knowledge. So when God is trying to give you understanding and knowledge, and he's trying to give you wisdom and he's trying to bring forth healing. Here's the thing. And I believe it's in Proverbs two. It said, let wisdom be the principal thing, but in all thy getting, get an understanding And that. I believe that one is the King James version. God has begun to reveal to me whenever there is understanding, the peace of God comes in. And I love when the scripture says his peace that surpasses all understanding. So when I seek the understanding of God, he gives me peace that surpasses my understanding, human's understanding, wisdom of today, what is common for today. Will you receive or reject when the Lord comes after you and tells you, yes, I see you. But you didn't see me. You didn't see that you had access to all of this. You didn't see that you didn't have to always be out in this field working. There was a party always for you. You could have always thrown a party. You could have always had blessings. Will you receive or reject that? My prayer is that you receive it. When the Holy Ghost shows you who you are. When the Holy Ghost shows you. That you have been so focused on serving. And not this power of a sonship or daughtership in God. When you've been so focused on serving and you don't understand that you are no longer a slave, but yet a friend of Christ. 
When that is revealed to you, the bitterness and the anger and the frustration and the hurt, as you are looking at everybody else receive things and all these negative emotions come up, don't stuff them down. Don't feed it. Cast them over to God. The scripture says, casting your cares upon him for he cares for you. When we cast our cares over to God, we are doing that as a sign of God, I trust you. God, I am submitting this thing, whatever this thing is, over to you. And I want you to be my burden barrier. I don't want to hold this any longer. I want to be free. I want to know what it's like to be your friend. I want to understand truly what it is to be a son or daughter of you. I truly want to understand this. So God, I give this over to you, God. Forgive me for not celebrating my brother or sister when they have returned. And forgive me for holding on to this bitter anger, whatever it is, all of this stuff. God, forgive me. And I thank you for revealing those things to me that are not of you. Because this lets me know how much you love me. Because your word has said multiple times that you, when you chasten us, when you go after us, that is you loving us. David said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's letting us know, get back in line. I'm not going to let you go out there. I'm going to hold on to you. I'm not going to let you stray far. It is a blessing when God does not allow us to get away with stuff. Sometimes we look at other people like, why do they get, they get to get away with that? We don't know what their end story is. We don't know what God is doing in their life. But you better say thank you, Jesus, that you're keeping me on a tight leash. So I won't go too far because you understand that if I go too far, it could be detrimental. I don't know how long I will be in that. I don't know if I could recover from that. This is why it says in the word of God, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. We have to believe and trust that when God is keeping you near him, there's a reason. I pray that often for myself. God, keep me at your feet. Don't let me go stray. Don't let me stray away. Don't let me go too far. Call me out. Reveal things to me that are not of you. Do that in our quiet time, God. These are the things I pray to God. God, reveal me to me. Show me me. I don't want to be out here in these streets. And you know what I do? I tell my circle. If I get out of pocket, if I'm teaching, preaching, whatever I'm doing that is not of God, how I treat people, whatever it is, pull my coattail. Don't have me in these streets reckless. Absolutely not. If you have identified a lot with the older brother, I want us to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for being our father. We thank you for your son and daughter who is listening right now. They feel exactly like the older brother. They have been working. They have been doing the work. They have been faithful. You, they are the ones that everybody can count on in ministry and church, at their homes, at their jobs, whatever. And they're doing all this stuff for you, God. But yet they have not understood what it means, means to be a, a child of yours and also what it means to be your friend. God, I thank you for revealing any spirit that is not of you. And as things are being are coming up, God, 
We ask that the Holy Spirit gives us the strength to to release it all over to you so that we are continually casting our cares over to you because we know that you care for us. God, we thank you for being a God who will not allow us to walk around and be in pain and hurt. You are a God who wants us to be free, but all not only be free, but also understand that we have direct access and we can get anything and we can ask for anything in the name of Jesus. You are a loving God. You are a prosperous God. You are a caring God. Even in things that don't feel good, there is all. it is always for our better. It is always for your glory. It is to mature us. It is to better us. And God, we thank you for that. I ask that you begin to minister to the brother and sister right now, to my brother and sister right now in Christ, who feel neglected, who feel bitter, who feel overlooked, all of these things, and reveal to them your love. And I thank you for surrounding them with people, giving them a word, an encouragement, a scripture, a song, anything that will point them closer to you so that they may see your glory and begin to really enjoy this walk. Lord, we thank you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. And this last prayer is for those who do not know Christ. You're like, I don't know him, but I just feel upset and bitter just from our own family. I'm the faithful child in my family. So let me help you out. In order to release that and understand how to be a child of God, you first have to know Christ. And I want you to repeat after me, God, come into my heart. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you rose and died for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. If you have said that and you believe that in your heart and you have confessed that, actually said those words with your mouth, you are now saved. Heaven is rejoicing. We are rejoicing and we are so glad. And I want to thank God for every brother and sister who has decided to rededicate their lives to Christ. And those who have realized that, you know what, I've been the big brother and now it's time for the change. So celebrate that. Don't allow the enemy to bring in the spirit of shame and guilt. The Holy Ghost brings conviction in order for us to repent and turn. So what we won't do is repent and wallow in the fact that we were messed up. No, we gonna repent and turn. So after you have asked God for forgiveness, you need to forgive yourself and release that. Because you do not want to stay in that place. That place is not a good place. God literally says that he will throw it in the sea of forgiveness. He's like, I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. I need you to let that go. So we are praying for each other. We thank God for growth in Christ, through Christ. I can do all things through Christ, even overcome emotions, sins, issues that have been attached to you for so long. You can do it, but it's through Christ and the Holy Spirit being your guide. I love you all. And I will speak to you next Friday.